turn on the Jets film room. Sorry, Joe Blue. We over pursues they said dive at the ankles, which he does sometimes too much. Providing you comprehensive film study on the New York Jets. Howell sees that the playside gaps are clogged up. That was a really impressive play right there. That's that's like a little stuff you see on film. Turn on the Jets film room is now in session. And you are listening to another edition of TOJ Film Room. I believe this is the eighth edition of TOJ Film Room. We're actually having two podcasts today. Um, sorry for the delay. I know the Giants game was well on Friday, and I'm releasing this on Wednesday, uh, one day before the Jets play their final and fourth preseason game. But unfortunately, life happens sometimes. So it's a little bit busy to get the, uh, the film done and the show ready um, to, you know, to do it. So I'm going to do a quicker show. Um, then the last couple of ones are recap the games, I believe. Maybe it will be an hour and a half. I don't, I don't know, but that's around what they've been. Um, obviously, you can find us on TOJ Space Film Space Room on the podcast app. You can go to turnonthejets.com, obviously, and find my work there. You can go to YouTube, type in Turn on the Jets, or you can type in, I think it's turn or, or youtube.com slash TV or something like that. Just, if you just go to the search bar, turnonthejets.com or turn on the Jets and click subscribe there. Um, and later today, hopefully, we're going to have Marcus Coleman uh, joining us. He is the new co-host of the podcast. Like I said, a guy who's an you know, 11-year NFL veteran. He's a defensive coordinator in the, uh, coordinator in the Arena League right now, uh, six years with the Jets. So he's going to be a fantastic you know, co-host. We just uh, recorded the Receivers and Tight End show a couple of weeks ago with him, and it was just fantastic. So I'm really excited to have him you know, on the show for the rest, hopefully the rest of the show's um, existence. So – we're really excited to, to have him on. I just had to record this, you know, earlier today. It's 1.53, so I'm recording this before I have to go run some errands. I'm going to record another podcast tonight, so you're going to get a double dose of, um, you know, TOJ Film Room uh, podcast. And if, if you are in New Jersey, you're in the area, it's hot as crap out right now. Uh, so I don't know why you want to go outside anyway. So we're going to uh, give you some podcasts to watch inside in the air conditioning because it's just so hot. I think yesterday was like a 101, 102 heat index today. It's a little bit hotter, so it's just uh, been crazy around here. But um, let's get into, you know, the show. Uh, and we also got, and I'll ask again, you know, if you are a listener to the show and we'll be getting some good feedback on Twitter and from some other people on different websites. Uh, if you are listening, like I said, even if you can't write a review, if just, just to go on the podcast app, if you are watching on YouTube, just go to the podcast app, search TOJ uh, space film, space room, throw a five star. And that, that's the least you could do. But if you could take two minutes to write a sentence, I mean, not even two minutes, 30 seconds to write a sentence or two about why you like the show and give it five stars, that'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. This week, we got two reviews from a uh, username, Vin Lotto, and then Kai Smith. So uh, we appreciate those guys for, for writing us reviews, uh, wrote really glowing reviews and some really great things about the show. So we appreciate them um, a lot. But let's get into the show now. The Jets obviously lost to the Giants 22-16 to on Friday in their preseason game. If they didn't have penalties, uh, they probably they probably would have won. And then just some big plays that, that, that really hurt them. There were some positives, definitely some positives from this game. There's just as many negatives as well. Um, but as everybody knows by now, if you've been listening to the show, when it's a win, we start off with the studs. When it's a loss, we start off with the duds. So – for the number three dud going one to three, so one being the biggest dud, three being the lesser or the lesser of the three duds. 
Um, I'm going to give it to the tight ends uh, just in general from Sterling to Tomlinson minus a good block or two to um, Walford to Herndon to Leggett. They all didn't play well. They all had drops. They all had penalties, whether it be like a legal hand to the face or um, false starts. It was just it was just really, really bad for the tight ends this game. Like I said, minus a few plays. Um, I don't really – there's a couple of videos I, I have of them playing poorly. But like I said, I'm trying to make it a little bit shorter today. Um, so, overall, they definitely played, you know, a, a pretty bad game, at least in, in my opinion. So, um, I got to notice that. I think Leggett also like, – Teddy Bridgewater, he had like a slot fade and, and he just didn't see the ball coming. He missed that. Sterling had a drop on the sideline. Herndon had a potential drop on the sideline. Tomlinson had multiple false start penalties. So, like I said, it just was not pretty from from those guys. Um, you know, in this game against the Giants, going up to number two, it had to be the penalties, just the overall team. We had offside. I, I actually wrote it down. We had a couple of offside, offsides. We had false starts. We had illegal hands to the face. We had face masks. We had holding, unnecessary roughness. Illegal contact, uh, and the Jets were 13 penalties for 108 yards. They're just unacceptable. How many times did they put Sam Darnold in a bad position on third and, you know, where it could have been second and manageable and turned into third and long or second and long because of the penalties on, you know, the field goal, the extra point. There's a, a offsides or a false start, moved it back from 33 to 38 yards. Bertolet, you know, then went to miss the, the extra points. So it was just really, really, really bad from, from the entire team of the penalties. You can never have 13 penalties for 108 yards and win a game unless you're, you know, a fantastic team with the Jets right now or a, let's, let's say, an average team um, and an average team who's young. But you just can't there's, – there's no, there's no exception for that. You're not going to win many games with 13 penalties for 108 yards, like I said. So that was just really, really bad. Um, and then I was going to take a video of this, but they didn't show the, the video of it on the, on the broadcast that I watched. I know on the broadcast that, that everybody else was watching, I forget the game, if the game was on CBS or Fox, but I know they showed that punt return um, for a touchdown that the Giants had. They, they showed like the Skycam view. Uh, unfortunately, on the broadcast on NFL Game Pass, they did not show that, but they had a punt return for a touchdown. They had a missed extra point. They had a fumble from Trenton Cannon. It seemed like every single return that the Giants had on the punt return team was 10 to 15 yards, if not more. So the special teams and the penalties were just it, – it was, it was really, really bad. The special teams is almost laughable. Um, after the punt return, you see – and I said it on the new show I'm doing, actually, which I should have shouted out with uh, Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet. I'm sure a lot of you people who listen to this show listen to his show. We're doing like an X's and O's quick hits where basically I – Watch the film. I record the film. I, I see a play. Okay, I know this is a good play or a bad play. I'm going to record it. And then while I'm putting it up, that's when I really dissect it, watch it multiple times. So we're doing a show basically after, uh, right after the game, like my initial watching of it, whether it be on broadcast angle or around there, which the Jets home games, I might have a little bit less information because I do like to have some fun before the game. So I might not be uh, as in a good mind state to watch the plays and really dissect them but maybe we'll push those shows back to monday so i can watch it at least again um while i'm recovered from that so uh we're i'm doing that show with him x's and those quick quick hits it's called it's on the play like a jet feed on the podcast app or you know turn on the jets.com you can find it there too it's basically a 20 to 30 minute show on just some things i initially saw before i really you know dive deep into the film like i do um for this show so definitely check that out um, but yeah, you watch that one play with the with the punt return for a touchdown, 
basically it's like it's like gaps. Like you, on defense, you want to be you know you've got responsible for the A gap, the B gap, C gap, the D gap, the E gap, backside, front side, uh, and it's the same thing with special teams. You gotta you basically for the most part you're you're cutting up the field with the field width is fifty three and a half yards or fifty two and a half yards. I think it's I think it's that, and uh, you gotta basically divide it between 10 players you know you're minusing a punter and you got to divide that between 10 players and you know um uh, stay in your angles and the gestures were they, they didn't do that they punted the ball to the middle or lack of number punted the ball to the middle of the field and the entire jets from their view ran to the right side he only had to break like one or two tackles to get to the end zone and one of them i believe was black line edwards so it was that was embarrassing and like i said every single power return was was 10 to 15 yards so they had to fix that we thought that you know, with the Jets improved depth, that they would, you know, that they would fix this um, special teams problem. Brant Boyer, that was that was a that was a coaching problem right there with the uh, with the the guys staying in the lanes and all that. So can't be happy with Boyer. Can't be happy with the penalties on special teams. You know, as well. And just like I said, it's it's a game of inches, and when you're letting up ten to fifteen yards on every single punt return, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball right there. So special teams was really really bad. But moving on to the uh, studs of the game, number three for me, I'm going to go um, with a Mr. Leonard Williams who played played pretty well. There were some plays where he was helped out a little bit by the by the uh, offensive line and all of that type of stuff, which I'll kind of show in a, in a little bit here. But here he is the zero tech. Uh, this is an outside zone play that I put it from pistol formation, a three-by-one pistol formation uh, to, the, to the field side. It's an outside zone. And – the good thing about Leonard Williams is, uh, and he's, he does face, you know, double teams and combo blocks and all that type of stuff, which I say it's more combo blocks than double teams. Double teams, you're strictly, you know, okay, double team, you guys are both just taking this this defense, defender, whoever it may be, or, you know, offensive player, you know, whatever it may be. He faces more combo blocks, which I, I, I differentiate a little bit between actual, you know, straight up double team. But there is no way, and Leonard Williams, he's, he's an all-around type of guy, but he definitely is fast. There's no way that this right guard is going to be able to reach block Leonard Williams when he's at zero tech. He, Leonard Williams is too fast for that. He's really athletic for, for you know, carrying 305 pounds. Um, the right guard is not able to do it. Leonard Williams is, is off the ball quickly. You can see that he's out of his stance, you know, quicker than anybody else on the defensive line, uh, penetrates that backside A gap, and he gets the tackle for, I believe, it's like, what, a five-yard loss on, on the running back right here. So nice athleticism shown, nice, uh, you know, jump off the line of scrimmage at the snap of the ball right there from Leonard Williams as, as well. So you like to see that, of course, because, you know, uh, he is, if not the number one player, the number two player, number three player on the entire team. He showed up this game. So it was definitely nice to see um, a young player like that. He was a really a cornerstone piece of this franchise to uh, step up like that. And this is another play where I said he's kind of helped actually here. He And he's right here. Uh, call him a three tech. He's kind of in between being a three tech and a four eye. He's right in between that where you usually see a three tech a little bit lined up tighter to the, uh, guard or the four eye line up a little bit tighter to the tackle, but he's right in the middle right there. So call my three and a half tech if you want. I don't, I don't really know. That doesn't exist. So I don't ever say that, but I'll call my three and a half tech for, you know, because I want this as my show, but comes off the snap and his, his, his chest is actually pretty open here. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he knows he's facing that. He's uh, flowers is going to come in with that form to the chest right there. It looks like he's going to take on he's either going to set up a, like a, like a swipe to the outside, a club to the outside, or an arm over to number 70 here. His chest opens up, and he doesn't know 74 is, is coming right there with that forearm. 
Um, but once he does, then he's taking on this this block. He keeps his eyes in the backfield right there, which you can see, which is good. You want to see where their quarterback is still. He goes with that one-arm stab. And I'm not, I don't know if he's going to do that one-arm stab and then try to bend the corner around here. <laughs> um, but this tight end makes, makes the decision for him as, as he, as he kind of just chips him here. So he's going to the outside and you can see 74 is his legs are, he's, he's leaning into this. He, he does not have a good base right here. He's leaning into this, which is Eric Flyer. So it makes sense. It sucks. Um, but this chip actually pushes Leonard Williams momentum inside, which allows him to rip flowers to the outside with that, with that one hand. So he actually helps his momentum to go to the inside right there. Cause look how big that, that hole is. Once he goes over a little bit, you fast forward look how big that hole is that's where you want to hit you want to get the most direct path to the quarterback that's what he does 89 helps him with his momentum which then generates power to the outside for Leonard Williams um so that's that, that was a nice uh you know kind of a nice move but also helped out a little bit by the by the chip right there and then some nice athleticism right here to, to chase down Eli Manning and, and get the hit now the play the thing I did not like about this play is that um, and it was good to see Marcus May on the field. Obviously, he hasn't been on the field much unless you've seen him at practice. But even in practice, sometimes like you know, contact jerseys and all this stuff. Actually, I don't know if he had a red contact jersey. I'm not even gonna say that. So disregard that. But so he's in like a green dog right now, which is basically okay. If 89 right here, the wide tight end is going to leak out on a route or not even leak out, just run a route. He's going using man coverage. But if he's going to block, I'm gonna blitz. That's what a green dog is. So. Um, Marcus may see that he's, he's blocking and he, and he runs into, you know, to penetrate that, uh, the eventual B gap. And he sees that Eli's rolling out. But the thing I do not like about this play is that once he sees Eli Manning rolling out and the tight end leak out leak right here, um, and into, you know, just up the field, he's just trying to get open. It's not really a specific route. He's just trying to get open. But once he sees him leaking out, Marcus may needs to keep his eyes locked to this, to this tight end until he gets in good position. When he gets in good position, then he could look back, you know, if he has a hand on him, if he has two hands on him, if he can feel him with his hips type of deal. But the problem here is, look, he looks at the quarterback. Marcus May thinks he's, he's on a more of a flat angle to the sideline, but he's not. He, he's, he's, he breaks it vertically a little bit. Marcus May loses him. See that separation right there because he, because he looked? So you can't do that. Once you win, like I said, when you're not in good position, you've got to have your eyes locked. It just it is what it is. Until you're in good position, like I said, so he has to play catch up, which he does, and he and he plays he plays it okay because he look he's not able to turn his head back because he does, he's playing catch up. I like how he gets his hands up there. He's contesting even though he's not looking back at the ball. He didn't really initiate too much contact, so it's not a penalty. But he definitely could have played that better. It, it was an incompletion, um, but you want to you want to see him play that a little bit better. So that's like. Like I said, you know, box score, yeah, it goes down as an incompletion. And, and Marcus May, maybe, I don't know if he's like tagged for like a, a pass deflection here. He probably was right there, uh, tagged for a pass deflection. But plays aren't black and white. It's not, it's a good play or it's a bad play. This is a good and bad play from, from Marcus May here. So you take some things like that into consideration. Um, but Leonard Williams, you know, that went off a little bit there about something different that I wasn't supposed to. Um, but he was my, my number three. My number two uh, was. My favorite signing of, of the offseason, if you listen to this show, and that's based on, you know, I'm not saying that he's better than Tremaine Johnson at his position, but I'm saying based on salary and all these type of things. Um, Avery Williamson was my favorite signing of the offseason. I think Jets fans are really, really going to like him. I think he's more of a – like, somebody put a good point on Twitter. Um, I forget who, who it was, but he's kind of – he's going to replicate with Davis – what Demario Davis let, did last year, which is almost like a pro ball type of player, consistently. Um, Williamson's going to bang a little bit more. He's going to stand up offensive linemen more. He's going to make more hard hits than, than Demario Davis did. 
And like I said, I think he's uh, he's a player that people are really going to like, um, you know, at the end of this year. But he's a, he's a strong side um, linebacker right here. He's right, you can see him right here lined up to, uh, to the right of Lee. The Giants run a inside zone, and you can see how like his his recognition here and his aggressiveness, which sometimes his aggressiveness hurts him a little bit too much on on play action. It's a misdirection plays. But he sees he sees the running backs the running backs um, angle where they're running to their track called the running back track, and he sh he shoots that backside a gap called yeah backside a gap to get in on the tackle. So that's just that's his recognition. He knows, he knows what's coming. He sees the running backs track. He's aggressive. Shoots that backside a gap, showing some athleticism. Wraps up um, the running back for a, a one yard loss. This is also a nice play from Leonard Williams too. You can see you can see him come off right here. I'm circling with my with the uh, you know the mouse, um, and like I said, if you're if you're watching on on the podcast app, we greatly appreciate. It, but you really you, you should check out the YouTube so you really see what I'm talking about here. He comes off the the, the snap uh, pretty low. You can see he has good um, coordination between his hips and his upper body and his and his feet. He's in, he's in a line right now, so that's that's good. Um, he could be a little bit lower, but I'm, I'm still going to say he's, he's relatively low. He gets his hands in good placement in the chest plate of the, what is he, the, he's the right guard or the, yeah, the right guard. He gets good hand placement. You see him get that extension right there, which is keeping him off, off of his body, keeping the right guard off of his body, stacking him. That's what they call stacking. Um, and then he's looking back into the backfield and he sheds him with that little, you know, that little arm over, uh, and you know, he gets in uh, on the tackle. So. I guess I, I think the more impressive thing is, is the, the, the lowness off the snap, the hand placement, and the extension right there from Leonard Williams. So I like to see that um, from him for sure. And then the, the other play I'll bring up of uh, Williamson, you see here. Oh, this is the strips. This is the strip. This is this is just a smart play. Um, <coughs> sorry about that. So he is. So basically, the everybody on the line of scrimmage right here is going to crash inside and and take a gap to to their right. So we're all going to crash inside, and then, and then Williams' responsibility is to come over to the outside and, and fill that gap responsibility, basically like an outside linebacker would. And he does that shuffle. He keeps his hips square. I like that. He's he's not he's not um, over pursuing. He's not taking too an aggressive an angle. He's knowing the running back's coming, so that's good. He wraps up the um, running back. Maybe he could have got a little bit lower and generated some more power into it. But regardless, he he wraps up the running back. And I like how he's not going for the strip immediately. But as, as that second defender comes in and hits him, he knows that the running back's not going anywhere from here. There's just no way. That's when you see that right hand right there. If you see it on the, on the shoulder pad, this wasn't by mistake. It wasn't just a hard hit and he fumbled it or anything like that. You can see him purposely take that out and rip the ball out right there. That's, that's just it, – it's smart. You need that. You need to create turnovers. People always talk about, you know, the Jets need to create turnovers. Whoever wins a turnover battle wins the game. And this was right after Morris Claiborne let up like a 40-yard completion – you're like, damn, you know, they're about to score. It's about to be, what, 14-7, to 7, I believe, at this point. And Avery Williamson makes a smart play, strips the ball, and then Leonard Williams uh, scoops it up, shows some nice speed in the, in the open field, then runs it back to, what was it, about the 50-yard line? Okay, 49-yard line um, going into Giants territory. So I got to love that from Avery Williamson. Just, it's, it's a smart play. He's a smart linebacker. I, I really do like that guy a lot. Um, like I said, nine tackles, one strip right there. Uh, going into my number – one stud of the game, um, which people might, you know, uh, be like, oh, look at, you know, look at the stat line. How are you going to say he's number, he's the number one guy, but this is what you're going to get from the show because I, I, you know, you've got to watch the film and this is why stats are crap because 
stat line, you see eight for 16, 86 yards. Like, ugh, that's, that's not that good of a game at all. Um, but then once you really dive deep into it, you see that he had four or five, or Sam, you know, talking about Sam Darnold, obviously he had four or five drops from his, um, you know, from the receivers, whether it be a receiver or, an, or a tight end, he had four or five drops. He was starting from behind the eight ball a lot of times with the, with the penalties, with the illegal hands to the face, with drops, with false starts, with holding. It, it, it was just – it was really, really bad. This game is ugly for the offense. Most of it was from the offense. I started this a little bit late this play. It's just the play action. And um, Quincy Newman is coming here. He, he has the – inside breaking stop route where he's just going to, like I said, that release is just inside that, that stem is inside. He's just going to stop at the, uh, a little bit past the first down marker. So you can almost call it like a stick wrap. I was called a stop. It's a little bit deeper. Um, but what I like here, the giants look like they're in cover three. I cannot wait until I get coaches film. I can actually see, I, I can say definitively, um, but I'm going to say it's cover three. You have four underneath, you have four rushers. You have, you have three over top. It's, it's, I, I would, Bet a lot of money. It's cover three. And what I like about this is, well, this this hook the curl defender is taking Sterling because he's reading the number. He's reading the number two. This uh, the number one here takes a vertical stem, so the outside receiver is going to match it. So he doesn't. So this 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 um, Saibu to save doesn't really have any threats. He's going to carry it a little bit farther than he would if there was another threat over there. So he carries that fifty two. Has to take his exit angle to to his his hook zone. And when he's doing that, he's not really aware of, of who's in that hook zone, who's the potential threat in that zone. And I like how Donald recognizes that his hips are outside, he's running outside, and he's not going to make, be able to make a play behind him. So Donald waits for him to clear that zone. He sees that Quincy Nunois has um, he has leverage, you know, for a for a stop route on the on the cornerback who is basically just pattern matching. Um, and he throws the ball in a perfect location. Like I said, wait for that linebacker to clear, throw the ball low. Um, away from the, the defenders. That's a really good throw, really good decision. Nice reading the defense from, from Donald there. So you got to love when you see stuff like that. Next play from, from Donald, and it's going to be a little bit Donald heavy because, like I said last week, who doesn't want to see some film broken down a little bit on Sam Donald, even though it's a little bit quicker because, fortunately, I do have a – I think I have a freaking dentist at four, which sucks. But, uh, you know, a couple hours when I record again, I'll have some uh, pearly whites. So – this is another – this is a really smart play. And Donald came out and talked about this before the game. Or I mean, after the game, not before the game. Um, so, he recognizes that it's most likely man coverage. We have man um, – I, th- I, I think oh, – let me see if Collins – I think he's man on the running back. But once he comes into block, he's kind of just going to sit in the zone. Um, that's what I think. But he recognizes man because if you look at the top of the screen, there's man here, man here. And he's get he and he assumes that this man is playing on the on the tight end. It looks like a cover one look um, to to Donald. So Donald changes the play because if Sterling was to break out into the flat right now, this defender has no way to get out on him that quick unless he's you know unless he has like four four speed, which he doesn't. So Donald recognizes that, changes the play, and what's the what the play is is basically okay it, from a very simple simple terms is this receiver on top is going to clear out that that that. Um, that corner, so he's just gonna he's just gonna run to take the corner out of the play. Trey McBride right here, you could see how you could see this is this is meant to be because Trey McBride runs on the field. He knows that that Sterling's gonna get the ball quickly, and he he blocks the uh, number twenty seven. I believe it's number twenty seven immediately, um, which is which is it's just a smart play from Donald. Smart play change, recognizing the defense, recognizing the defenders' leverage before um, the snap of the ball. Sterling catches the ball and then runs for. 
you know, first down and what four or five yards. So really smart play from Darnold right there. Like I said, pre-snap, pre-snap recognition of a, of a defense. So he's obviously going to see some more complex looks in, um, you know, in the regular season. But for preseason right now, his, his mental capacity, reading defenses, pre-snap, post-snap, being patient in the pocket has been um, really, really good at, to, you know, to, to this point right now. So. Sorry about that. I had something like stuck in my throat right now. Um, okay, so moving on to the next play from from Donald. This is just this is just a scramble. This is what I said before the the draft and when the Jets drafted him that you're going to be able to. Um, he's going to pick up some plays with, with his feet. He's not you know Lamar Jackson, but he's definitely a he, he's a guy who can run for sure. And this is another smart play from Donald because he recognizes man coverage. Man, 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 man. It's too high. So you have cover two man. And the, the advantage for a running quarterback or a quarterback who can run versus cover two man or any type of man coverage is that the um, the uh, defender's backs are turned to Darnold, where he's coming across the middle, so, yeah, he's looking. But back to Darnold, back to Darnold. Um, and they're going to they're gonna stay with their guy, obviously. They're not just sitting in a zone, so they, they, they don't have as much recognition of the quarterback who's going to run. Darnold sees a massive lane. Um, in the middle right here after he feels some some pressure it's collapsing a little bit you know smart step up, step up into the pocket sees that nobody nobody's open his internal clock starts to tick a little bit knows he has to get out of there um, gets out of there maybe he doesn't even know he's gonna get the first down right here but maybe he gets five to ten yards just to make it an easier field goal um, but fortunately he, he is able to show some of those wheels right there nice spin I really appreciate number 55 right here who completely avoids Darnold instead of dropping a shoulder into him, which would have been a penalty, but still appreciate you, number 55, um, for, for leaving my, my quarterback alone. So nice play from from Donald for sure um, on that play. And this is why I said that he, he was the number one. He was just he, – he played it really well. Um, this is, And this is a play – okay, so this is this is a pretty easy read. They're, 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 the Giants are playing cover four um, right here. We have four, four on top, four under, uh, with only three guys rushing. This defender right here falls for the play action a little bit, so he's not in, in his zone. He's not where he's supposed to be. He doesn't have enough depth in his drop. So Darnold has any, any – his exit angle is ugly. He's turning his hips like that, looking. Once you know the play action, you just got to shuffle your feet and or just sprint out to your zone. But that, that, that hip turn, that indecisiveness, looking looking to the quarterback, looking back to the um, where the offense is running, looking back again. Like he's, he's lost number 96. He's not a coverage guy, that's for damn sure. Uh, Darnold sees that, so he has the underneath because this defender is not going to allow Rob Anderson to get vertical on him because that's his responsibility. Can't let anybody beat him vertically. He he basically just runs like a like a speed out. He's not really dropping, not really a sharp cut, so he's running like a speed out. Um, Darnold throws the ball right over ninety six. I think Darnold. I don't think Darnold wants to throw it this low. You know, people. Yeah, he threw the ball low. Um, in a way, and that's good from the defender. But he, this, this could have been a much easier catch. If this is maybe not Robbie Anderson, maybe if it's a lesser type of guy, um, you know, he's not, um, he's not able to make this catch. And, and the reason for that being is that some of that sloppy footwork that we say that's going to affect him sometimes. There's going to be throws, maybe like this one, where if this, if this, um, I always point to the screen like you guys can see it. I don't know why I do that, but if that defender took a better exit angle, he probably tips that pass because of his footwork and this is what we talk about you want to you want to your lead foot to be pointing where you're throwing the ball which his hallway is set you can see that the, the midline of that back foot is set to Robbie Anderson that's good but his his front foot is leading towards the sideline so your 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 hips 
and your your front foot want to go towards the sideline when you're trying to throw the ball vertically down the field, and that's why the ball ends up a little bit short there. That's what I'm going to tag that on. Uh, it's a little bit short, but still a good decision to throw it. You, you read that that backer and that and that curl to flat didn't take his ang- a pretty exit angle. It wasn't in position because he got sucked up by the play action. Uh, gets the ball to Robbie Anderson. But like I said, I would like to see a little bit higher. Doesn't need a bit that that difficult of a catch when he's that um, when he's that open. Next play from Darnold. This was a this is what I'd like to see. And maybe during a regular season because it's first and ten, you would like to see him just hit Cruel here, who's who's basically one on one. Um, in the open field with with uh, with um, Collins, who actually has another defender too. So that's kind of why he doesn't throw it. But the Jets just run a play action bootleg um, to the to the field side. Donald sees that Cruel is open, but he also notices right there. You can see him look at at Herndon that he has position um, to get out on that on that out route. And <clears throat> sorry, as the defender, you know this this defender right here, the cornerback crashes down on to Crowell uh he's he's again goes back to reading that <clears throat> that out route from <clears throat> Jesus okay from that, that out route from Herndon uh and he throws the ball and people like said like definitively oh this was a pass deflection I don't know if they had a better camera angle or if they had a cleaner um video picture but I cannot tell right there if this was deflected or not that's I'm not going to just say that and the thing with Donald is I already like when I put up negative plays of Donald this isn't even a negative play. This is a good play. I like the decision. Okay, you know, it's first and it's first and ten. I don't have to get a first, you know, a first down or yards here. I'm gonna take a shot a little bit deeper down the field. It's preseason, test out, test it out a little bit. He's rolling out right there. He resets his feet, um, throws the ball with some good zip and really good location. Um, I can't tell if it's if it's a drop. I'm not gonna tag Hernan with a drop there because I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure, but I like the decision from from Donald right there, resetting his feet, even though he's fading out a little bit. Um and like I said, good location from him. So glad to uh, see that next play. I'll bring up of him. Do a couple more plays, and I'll get into some other um, things a little bit quicker. So, oh, this is one of his bad plays. Um, and uh, this is where I got people like, oh, well, you know, by the time, whatever. Like they defend him too much, a little bit. So people are saying, oh, well, you know, at this time there was nothing open. So this is why he got rid of the ball. Look at this. You don't have to scramble. He doesn't have to scramble, but you're telling me you can't step up into the pocket right here. You know, and obviously great guys. I'm not comparing to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers are one of the, like a really good quarterback steps up into the pocket right here. And listen, even if something's not open, you can either scramble for a couple of yards, slide, or if you don't want to scramble, all you have to do is get outside of that, of, of, of the, um, of the pocket and throw the ball out of bounds. He's, he's between the tackles right now. So he's going, he, there's no re- eligible receiver in the area. So that's why he gets the, the intentional grounding call. So at the minimum, step up into the pocket, get, get out, get, um, get outside the pocket and throw the ball out of bounds to avoid intentional grounding. So this is, this was, I think he packed a little bit too much here, but he didn't see anything open. He has a wide open lane to take um, which he doesn't. So he's going to learn. Um, but I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to kill him for it. He didn't throw an interception or do something really stupid, like take a sack in field goal range like, you know, Smith used to do, you know, 17 times a game. So uh, next play from Darnold, this is his touchdown to Terrell Pryor. And they're running double posts to the top of the screen right here. Um, he sees that nothing is open. He sees that this defender is over top, so he's not going to throw that outside. He said that he, he saw he saw this uh, the inside post from Light. It, maybe he could have fit that in there. Maybe, but it's first and ten. If it's third and ten, throw that ball. Um, but it's first and ten. 
you're in field goal range. You're, you're, it's, an, it's, it's a tie game, so you don't have to force anything. So he decides to pull the ball down because he almost goes to throw that there, decides to, uh, to bring it back in, into his possession. He sees uh, Terrell Pryor is open versus this uh, verse number 37 right here. Terrell Pryor catches it, bends the corner, uses shows some of his speed, and, and gets his first touchdown as a as a Jet. So nice play from Donald right there. Don't force the ball when you don't have to on first and ten when the game is tied near in field goal range. I like that play um, from him for sure. Last play of uh, Donald, at least in terms of his like positive stuff, um, is this play. Okay, let's see what goes on here. Oh yeah, so I really like this play too, and this is just this is like the post this post snap reading reading defenders leverages. So you have a you have a vertical route or a nine route from I believe that's Quincy Nunwa, um on the boundary right there. Uh, Sterling gets you know motioned into the to the slot, and then he's running it just an out and up. And I like how he sells it. He's he, you see him break to the outside right there, and that head turn. The defender is looking at his head. So as as he looks at his head. Um, He's like, oh crap! You know, he's about to he's about to catch his ball in the out. So you can see his angle become he rounds out his angle to become flat instead of vertical. So as his angle becomes the defender's angle becomes flat, and and because Sterling sells it well, I like that route from him. And then you can see him drop his hips a little bit there, break hard off of that off of that right footer, and then cut back upfield. And you can see Darnold's going to throw the ball there because he sees the defender's flat angle. He knows that Sterling is about to cut back upfield, and he throws back shoulder. I'm on the sideline. That's a perfect ball. You might want to lead him a little bit, but you don't really know if Collins is going to be able to, to catch up on this play. Back shoulders, it's a perfectly fine um, throw. Catches the ball. Uh, hand extended, perfect ball, and it's just a drop. And it's a drop because, listen, he can catch the ball right there. That's a, that's a catch if he gets both feet in balance. But because he bobbles the ball, um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a reception for Darnold. So he had a bunch of drops from his guys this game, and uh, it's just it wasn't pretty for them. But really pretty game from Darnold. I was, I was a fan of it. Moving on um, from the duds and the studs, we'll just go with the um, other things, bad offensive line blocking, which has been a, a trend through this uh, preseason. B- bad blocking in terms of run blocking. The pass blocking has been okay, but the run blocking has, has not been okay. And they just just running another – uh, called a, we'll call it a mid zone right here. Look at the aiming points, the outside hip of this, um, of the left tackler here, Koalis, so we call it a, a mid zone out of 12 personnel. Yeah, 12 personnel. Um, and what happens here is Long is going to have to, so Long has a responsibility of um, nine, nine, it's 90, 50, 10. So 90% you're going to have to take full responsibility for this guy if he's in the play side gap, 50% responsibility. If he's if he's heads up or ten 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 percent responsibility, if he's um, in the play or in the gap away from the play side, but it's it's going to be almost impossible for him in long to reach block Damon Harrison as a one tech. It's just it, it's really hard because he's so powerful. So he needs the most advantageous leverage to be able to block him in general, especially not on a reach block. And Carpenter needs to, right here. Carpenter, the left guard, he needs to worry about helping. Um, Spencer Long here at the reach block and just said he throws out kind of like a lazy punch right there, which really doesn't help Long at all um, because he's worrying about getting to the second level. But you have to Carpenter has some responsibility for that one tech. He has to help Long, like I said, before he gets out to the linebackers. You have to worry about the first level before you worry about the second level. Carpenter doesn't help him, and the reason being, and people, oh my God, I, I had a discussion with people who were saying that. 
you know, it, he didn't fit an inside zone last year, but he fits in an outside zone, uh, which makes no sense, absolutely no sense. So if people are saying that, I, I just don't know. I don't know if we watched any film at all, if you think Carpenter's going to be better this year. Maybe he could be better. Maybe something was wrong with him injury-wise last year. But he's not able to help um, Long here because he doesn't have the athletic ability to throw a shoulder, throw two hands into Harrison, and then get out to his blocking assignment in the second level. So um, he's just not athletic enough to move in an outside zone. You have to move a lot more horizontally than you do in an inside zone. You can move horizontally too, but it's a little bit more getting up the field than an outside zone is. Um, so I'm not I'm not a big fan of Carpenter. Carpenter's a decent pass blocker, but in the run game, he just he's just not agile enough. He's really not. So this is why they play this play gets blown up. Um, Harrison's able to rip off of of, of uh, Long, who's not in a great position. Because as he starts to block, look where he is. Is that going to be easy to block that play side that play side a gap? No, it's not. There's just no there's no way. Especially a guy like Damon Harrison, who's one of, one of if not the best run stuffing nose tackle in the entire league. It's probably him and Lindell Joseph on the Vikings. So. Um, bad play from the offensive line right there, mostly mostly Carpenter. I'm not going to blame, um, you know, Spencer Long on that. That's just – he was put in pretty much in an impossible situation. And then the next play from the offensive line is another uh, – I forget what kind of run this is. Let me see. But I know that – so basically it's just like a wham block. And what a wham block is is, you know, a nose tackle or defensive tackle. It's almost like – it's like almost like you call it like a wham or even like a trap block where they're just going to leave this this three he's a three tech on this it could be a nose tackle they're not blocking him you can see you can see winters and shell completely ignore him because the the fullback or maybe it's the tight end on a split zone whatever is responsible for him so if, if herndon was here you can come across a formation as like a uh what do they what do they call that a sifter and then and then block him on like a split but um that, that's not what it is he's just lined up as like an offset fullback right here um and he's responsible for that wham block, which he does not do. It's it's this is not a pretty block from from Herndon. You want to see it better than this. He comes in pretty out of control. Uh, you can see he's bending from the waist right here. Doesn't have good leverage. He has to keep his hips square and come in more in, in control because it's not like even on this play where it looks like it's just another mid zone. It's not like he even has to really you know drive uh, number seventy two here or kick him out. He just has to get in his way, and he's not able to do that. He barely gets one hand on him. Uh, you could see quality right here, not just not get any push at all. He gets pushed, you know, multiple yards back into the backfield, which makes Powell have to cut up field. There's no really chance. Even though Powell, I think he, Powell could have played this better. I think it, right here at the handoff point, he could once he once he saw Quale getting blown up right there, he could have taken some short, choppier steps, which allows him to cut sooner. But you can see how he kind of jumps cuts right there. He's a little bit too hoppy. I, like I said, I like to see more. Um, shorter steps right there. And because of that little jump right there, he's not able to cut up field as quickly, which is why he runs into the back of Quale, um, which maybe would have saved him a yard or two if he would have taken some short, uh, choppier steps. But still, I'm not going to – it's not a, bad, a terrible play from Powell. It's more of the offensive line. But uh, kind of clean up a little bit of technique there. Um, but this is just – you're going to see this a lot this year. This, the offensive line cannot run block. And, you know, oh, people – you know, <clears throat> the Jets fired John Morton because, you know, he couldn't uh, – he didn't run the ball enough. If you watched any of the Jets game, you don't have to watch film. If you just watch the games and you noticed second and two, third and two, third and one, whatever it may be, short yardage situations, the Jets would go backwards. When teams knew they were running the ball and they, and they put hats on hats, the Jets couldn't block. It's just – unless the Jets are in a box like, you know, six blockers or five, then they can run the ball. But when it's, when it's 6v6 or 6v7, the, the Jets just – 
they don't they don't have the athleticism they don't have the power on the offensive line and you know people might say okay well you know um Beecham's coming back, so that helps. Beecham's not a good offense. He's not, he's not a good run blocker at all. Maybe he's a slight upgrade over Quale, but it's not it's not massive. So the run game is going to struggle this year. You, you have to hope as a Jets fan that um, Donald, you know, opens up the defense and, and starts to pass the ball. So maybe instead of six guys in the box or maybe like, you know, seven or eight guys in the box, they, they put six or seven. So um, that's that's the really only hope for the for the offensive line this year. Offensive line is a, is a major, major need next year. Uh, whether the Jets trade for an outside linebacker or not, going into free agency next year as the roster stands right now, unless somebody really, really steps up, which I doubt. Um, the Jets need to make a, a huge signing or two on the offensive line and draft an outside linebacker or vice versa, uh, sign a huge outside linebacker, um, a huge contract to an outside linebacker, and draft an offensive lineman in the first round. I'm not saying just, okay, well, a mediocre guy, give him a massive contract. You don't want to give Dante Fowler $17 million a year. Um, but they need to address that position. They really got. Uh, they really have to, um, you know, address it because it's just you, you see it almost. You see it every single game. Not even almost every single game. You see it every single game that those those units are are both struggling, um, big time. Moving on to another negative um, from this game from the offense. Even though it was a little bit of special teams as well uh, in this negative, um, I think just disappeared. Um, was Trent Cannon? Trent Cannon. Listen. During training camp and all the stuff, yeah, he looked impressive. So far in preseason, he sh- he's shown the burst. He's shown the athletic ability. He's shown the, the quick cut ability and the hit, uh, hit cuts, you know, at a, at a pretty fast tempo. But he's just – he's too inconsistent right now with fumbling the ball with a lot of different things. And this is a special teams play uh, where he fumbles. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm tagging his offense. I'm not going to make a special teams tag too. Um, you know, makes a nice cut right there. But – Look how high that ball – one, he's running – look how high the ball is. Look that ball tighter and lower. And as he's making this cut, look, at, look, look how high that ball is again. It's just too high. Um, he's holding the ball way too loosely right there. He gets grabbed by the, by the neck. Maybe it's a little bit of a horse collar. I'm not sure. They didn't call for a horse collar. The other angle, it didn't look like it. It looks like he just grabbed him by the shoulder pad or the, or the helmet or, yeah, the shoulder pad. Um, but it wasn't a horse collar. Holding the ball way too loosely. And then he gets hit again, and he fumbles the ball. So it's just – it has not been pretty. He's not a punt returner. I wouldn't even put him as a kick returner. And my worry with him fumbling the ball like this is it, it's not – it doesn't just apply to, to special teams. It's not like, okay, well, you know, he holds the ball loosely on special teams means he holds the ball tight on, on running plays. They, they kind of correlate. So does he hold the ball too loose or is he going to have some fumble problems in the NFL? So I'm a little bit worried about him. Uh, if he makes the roster, I don't think he should be playing a ton. I, he definitely needs to develop. You can see he's raw. He's not going to come into the first year and light it up like a like a Chris Johnson would. And the Jets are running a lead zone right here. Um, you can see the speed. When I play it in full speed, if I just play it through right here, you can see the speed. He just looks faster than everybody else. He really does. But the problem here is, yeah, he makes a nice cut right there. Um, but if he was to take, again, like short chop your steps, have better vision, when he cuts up field right there, Look at uh, – uh, I had to pause it before I do that. So, when he comes to the field right there, I know, you, you know, oh, yeah, he got, he got you know, eight, nine yards, which is a positive. That's, you know, stats, guys. Yeah, it's a positive, nine yards. But is nine, is nine yards a positive when it could have been a touchdown? 80 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards? Not in my book. So, 
he 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 needs to be more control here when he's hitting when he's hitting the, these these gaps. He needs to see that the outside is wide open right here. He has an extra blocker running up the field, and he he would be one on one. So if he was a cutoff fielder right here, um, this defender is blocked. Even if he's not blocked, he has this like alley alley blocker right here. Where he if he breaks this tackle, this um. This uh, the fullback right there, who I, I I can't see the number right there. It looks like Herndon, by the way, he's running. Yep, it's Herndon. Um, he's an alley blocker. He cuts off number twenty-five there, and Cannon potentially runs for a touchdown if he can beat number thirty-three there. Um, so he, so he's blocked. He's most likely blocked, or the safety's blocked. He has to beat one or two guys, and, and potentially it's a huge game. But instead, he runs to the middle because he has he has some inconsistent vision. So um, that's what I I saw from from him there. So uh, you know. He's been inconsistent. There, you know, you got to look at the negatives too. It's just not nine-yard gain. Oh, it's positive. Can't talk about anything negative of it. Um, so you got got to realize that. And then Anderson as well. Uh, Robbie Anderson, another negative from the offense. I don't think he's been playing. Like, listen, he's one of the best deep threats in the NFL. But what I wanted to see, and what I've been talking about all offseason, if you listen to me on Play Like a Jet, or you listen to me, you know, when I did the show on Jet Nation Radio. Um, I always talk about, yeah, he's good at vertical routes. He's good. He, he, I think his release is even um, improving, even though me and Marcus talked about it a couple weeks ago, or Marcus and I. Um, he needs to change it up a little bit. He needs to develop some counter releases and things like that. Uh, but working back to the ball and his timidness, timidness and, and uh, his toughness are, are, are just lacking. And he's running a, just a stop route, stick route at the top of the screen right here. And, yeah, in fairness, the ball is tipped. At the line, at the line, he's looking back to the ball. He has plenty of time to readjust to the ball. You know, wad in this foot out, drive off that outside foot, and and reach in and catch the ball. But I, Robbie Anderson, to me here, he knows the defender is coming. Um, he doesn't want to take that hit. He so he drops to his knees to avoid that hit. Catches the ball with his body, gets hit and drops the ball. He needs to improve improve his strength. Even right there. The ball is in your hand. Squeeze the ball tight as crap to your to your uh, to your body, and don't let the ball go. Uh, like I said, I don't like the, the he didn't trip right there. He you can see him jump to his knees, jumps to his knees, uh, isn't able to haul the ball, and so he needs to work on his toughness. He needs to work on his timidness over the middle, or when he knows he's about to absorb a hit. So that's what I've been seeing here from this preseason. Uh, we saw it, you know on that route the other game where he runs that stick route. He doesn't have exam he doesn't or the hitch route. He doesn't have example of, of where the fourth not example. He doesn't have the mindfulness to run it after the uh, the sticks where Sam Donald trusted trusted him. He ran it uh, short of it. Robbie Harrison got the ball and it was fourth and one. Donald, you know, proceeds to throw a pick on the next play. So and there's times where Robbie Anderson you'll see him be like third and six and he'll be running the ball in the open field and he'll see a defender coming and he'll duck out of bounds, you know a yard short of the first down instead of putting his head down where he can easily get you know a couple more yards. So he does not like to get hit. He needs he needs to he needs to sack up a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, it's just what I think. Uh, moving on to the last bed of the offense, and I point out the offensive line um, before, but I'm just uh, what freaking play is this? Uh, just give me a second. Oh, 13. I went to 23. Okay, so this is this is Quale. Uh, Quale is just he's not suited for left tackle at all. Even just from even from the jump on this play, I'm about to show he's he's not he's not in good position with offensive line stances. And you saw like you saw um, what's his name Joe Thomas be like the epitome of loading this foot where he would it, it would almost look like he's doing a squat on one leg um, because you want to load up that leg that that inside leg. 
And then when you load up that leg, that's how you create power. You, you burst, you burst off that leg and it really throws you back to go, to go into that kick, that kick step. So his, his weight looks evenly distributed. That's, that's bad. This foot, you want your, you want this foot turn it a little bit outside. And if you see like good offensive line, it looks almost like a kickstand where basically this, this weight, this leg has like, you know, 10 to 15% of the weight on it. This leg has most of it, like I said, loading it up. Um, and, and your foot's turn a little bit outside, so your hips are able to open out. We've talked about the foot, the, the feet, and the hips opening up, um, the, the feet, you know, opening up a, a lot. And because his foot is pointed forward there, his hips are locked forward. So it's going to be hard for him to explode out of this because of, because of his feet, because of his legs, and, his, and, his, and how, his, how his weight is distributed. Um, so it's a bad stance. It's, it's, that's, the, that's a very jump. Your stance isn't even right right there. So bad, bad stance from him right there. He comes out. He, he's, he's oversetting this um, by far. He's, he's going too far to the outside. Look how big of a gap he's giving uh, Vernon right there. You, you know, you, you need to be more squared up right here. You know, you want to get your ass – when you're offensive line, get your ass out of the stance, create space. Uh, he gets his ass out of his stance, and he, cre- he is not really creating a lot of space. You want to see him drop back a little bit vertically here and, and make the defender make a move. Um, doesn't do that. The defender gets inside with just that arm over. I think Olivier Vernon gets inside with that arm over. And then Quale basically just has to tackle him to the ground because he, he overset. Overset, bad stance. He's a terrible left tackle. Um, Darnold throws the ball. You know, another, another nice throw looks like they're – I can't tell what it is from, from underneath um, and his, and his angle. But he throws the ball with two, twin, uh, two defenders right to Clive Wolford. This is not uh, a pass deflection for the defender. It hits him right in the hands, arm is extended, perfect location from Darnold, and the ball goes up and almost gets intercepted. Darnold, he, the receivers helped him out in no way this game. This is third and 18, most likely because of another freaking penalty. So uh, just a bad play. And if this was completed, Quale uh, got, got holding. So just it, he, he's been absolutely terrible. Moving on to the bad from the defense. Uh, Lee, Darren Lee, I talked about him last game. I talked about him this game. Uh, the one playing coverage, he got beat by Ingram, who ran a Ingram Ingram, who ran a corner route. Uh, the, the the angle wasn't great of the broadcast angle, so I didn't want to just show a, a you know a shitty play um, because you could you wouldn't really be able to see it. But he was beat. He was in man, and in this play, which is just a, a running back screen, the running the, the offensive line does not block this well. This number seventy one, I think that's Will Hernandez's loss. He doesn't block anybody at all. He's looking back to the runner like, hey, man, where are you going? Uh, he has no idea. So Adams does his job. He contains the outside. Good. Lee is containing the inside. That's good. That, initially, that's good. If he runs right here, he, get, he gets blocked. There's an alley. Or if, he tr- or, or if he tries to, you know, come around outside too aggressively, then there's an alley, you know, in the middle right here. So Lee plays this well initially, but the problem is right here. Look how, look how vertical that angle is. And then he misses the tackle. He doesn't get a – he barely gets a hand on him. Does he even get a hand on him? I don't know. Maybe he touches his ass a little bit right there. Um, so Lee at this point either needs to not hesitate and explode tor- towards him or take an angle that's a little bit more flat, you know, this way. But instead he hesitates and then he just breaks like vertically, just right right, uh, you know, right towards him instead of, like I said, you see that the, the running back, Gallman, is running, you know, his hips are open up to the sideline. You got to track that upfield hip right here, which is this right hip. So track that, make the tackle, cut him off, put your head in front of him, make the tackle. Doesn't do that, takes a bad angle, <clears throat> misses the tackle. And because of that, Gallman gains a, what, another three, five yards? 
Yeah. Well, no, actually, on three, eight yards. It was eight yards. So, Lee, just – I don't think he's getting a second contract. If somebody's going to go into the future and tell me that he's not starting by week six, I wouldn't doubt it. Lee is just – he's lost in coverage. He doesn't make a lot of plays in the run game. Yeah, the athleticism pops every once in a while when he's on a straight line to somebody where you see him, you know, sideline to sideline speed. But, like, on this play – if you're not taking proper angles and, and you're not reading the, the, the offense and the play that's coming to you quickly enough, that speed doesn't matter. So it, the athleticism is overrated. Like I said, straight line, sideline, sideline, yeah, it's impressive. But it's just if you knew how to use it, you'd be a much better player. Like I said, lost in coverage, zone coverage, even in man coverage. Man coverage almost looks like zone coverage because the entire time he's looking back at the quarterback instead of being responsible for his man. That's why he loses them so much in, in, in man coverage as well. So he was bad. Uh, Buster screen. I think Anthony Beck, which, dude, he called this. He told he called this great coverage, which this um, most likely is a cover one. People say, oh well, you know, why is why is uh, Tremaine Johnson? Why is he not helping him? Because he's in man coverage on this on this, uh, you know, uh, receiver who basically runs like a smoke route. You don't want him to take this. You don't want you don't want Tremaine Johnson to take this. And then this guy be wide open. He just runs for a first down. So he needs to to stick with his man, even though he's playing off. So. Screen one, he's open. Like I said, you need to challenge that route to them. He opens up immediately. Right there, you're giving the receiver the outside, which is, yeah, you know, you don't have zone coverage. You're not going to push him inside. Um, you can play inside or outside, but you don't want to just give him where he wants to go. So the receiver wants to go outside. Hey, take the outside. That's fine, man. Don't even worry about it. Takes the outside. Doesn't challenge the route so much as this is this is a Shepard. Sterling Shepard. So <clears throat> another problem with this is you need to get two hands on. So his hips are he's, – he's, I would like to see him a little bit more square to the receiver as well. He gets one hand on. What he needs to do here because the receiver's not squeezed to the sideline so he can't turn his hip into him and then play the ball looking back towards the ball. At this point in time, he needs to get two hands on. He needs to look through the receiver's eyes, look through the ball. But I, I don't even know what he's trying to do right here. I have no idea. Get your hands on the receiver. Get your hips square to him. Find the ball. If you, if, you, if you can't see the ball right here, opening, opening up your head or opening up your hips and your head to, to, the, uh, to the end zone is not going to help you out. You're, you're complete, he's completely lost in coverage at times, especially playing the ball in the air. He looks this, – this is pretty much as bad as it gets. And then Anthony Beck was like, you know, sometimes a great throw to speech, great coverage. Right, great coverage. He, he needs to put his hands, both hands on, get his hips square, play through the receivers. Like, like I said, his eyes and the, and, the, and the hands, if you can't find that ball, he doesn't do it completion on him deep down the field so screen listen people you see on twitter oh well you know week one through or week four through six he had a you know a pro football focus rating of 82 he's really good really underrated he's not he's just he's lost at times he's not a good slot corner maybe he's decent at best at times and he makes some plays in the run game um and you see some of that explosion athleticism but he i don't want him as our slot corner he's gone after this year unless he signs a really cheap contract and the Jets address offensive line and corner, so they don't need to address the, the cornerback position and slot position immediately. Hopefully Perry Nickerson steps up and takes that job. I doubt it this year. I think he's still a little bit too raw. Another corner who played um, poorly, in my mind, was Roberts. And you see him on the bottom of the screen right here. The Jets are showing, you know, like a cover four look, uh, cover four shell. They drop into a cover three uh, robber where he where Terrence Brooks are here just going to rob anything that's crossing his face. He really, pretty much has free reign. Um, on, a, on a robber play, he, this uh, the safety in the middle right here, which I believe is Jamal Adams. He had, he had, is it Jamal Adams? No, it actually looks like Doug Middleton. 
Is it Doug Middleton? I don't know who that is. I, I think it's I think it's Doug Middleton though. Um, just doesn't look like Adams. I hope I'm not wrong there. Maybe let's see. Oh yeah, Doug Middleton. Okay, so I am right. So what happens here is in the cover three, Luvu needs to take second and ten. There's only one threat on this side of the field, um, and unless he's really going to like cross the cross his face, but this number two threat breaks to the inside, so you don't have to worry about this number two threat anymore. So he breaks to the inside. And, yeah, there's a running back leaking, coming out of the backfield on a swing route, but you, he needs to take more more depth in this drop right here to the curl-to-flat zone because it's curl-to-flat. It's not flat-to-curl. So you're not going to play the flat and then get back to the curl. You play the curl zone, and then you get to the flat. Make them beat you in, in the open field, you know. So Luvu plays that poorly, and so does Roberts. There's no There's no other threat. There's no number two threat. It's not like it's a twin set or a trip set where they're all breaking vertically, and you have to you have to keep um, you have to backpedal deep to not let anybody beat you deep. This he's the only threat on your side of the field. Play him a little bit tighter right here, so he doesn't play him tight. He gets a look how far off he is. Like what, Roberts, man, Roberts is just he's not playing well this preseason. Um, he might be cut. I I don't know. I people you know talk about Bones Jones. He made a couple of good plays in camp where he's been this preseason has he made one play I don't, I don't know um so Roberts plays this you know too deep Luvu plays this too short the the uh stop route is wide open um just you can't let that completion up that's just it's just way too easy for the offense another corner who played bad the secondary struggled this game uh was um Claiborne who the Jets are running a, a cover three replace on this play or basically just cover three, you know, they split the field up in thirds. If the inside safety sees a route, you know, intermediate crossing his face, which he does right here, Marcus May sees that this route is is uh, going to, like, cross his face underneath. He's able to drive on that, drives on that, and then what uh, Tremaine Johnson's going to do is replace his zone, which he does. He, he drives, he replaces it, and Morris Claymore knows he has help inside right here from whether it be – uh, Marcus May, whether it be Tremaine Johnson. So he's playing him with inside leverage, which is okay. Maybe I want to see him play outside. And he's pretty smooth with his transition for the most of the time. But the problem with this play is he, your cover three, you cannot get beat deep. That's your zone. Do not get beat deep. You see safeties all the time. Last line of defense. Want to cover two, cover four. The, the safety, I mean, the corners are also deep zones. They can't get beat deep either. So the problem with him here is you see that step right there. That You see that right foot? That's a stop step. So he's he's gearing. That's what I call it gearing down. So he's gearing down. I think because he thinks he, that this the, this um this corner is gonna drive inside on a on like a dig route. Which basically this is actually just a um this is just a NCA concept where it's like too deep crossing. Where an NCA concept, you're basically this is what is stressing like a cover three um a cover three look. Like I said, you have the deep, the deep over and the post um. Claiborne can't get beat deep, which can't gear down. He gears down. He's expecting a, a dig, I believe. So he needs to keep running here, uh, do that head whip, and then drive it, drive down if it is a dig. You can't gear down, guess that it's a dig, and then shit, you're beat deep, which is exactly what happened here because of that step right there. He needs to keep running, do the head whip, and then he'll be in position. He'll be about here right now and, instead of here behind um, – number 12 right here, who beats him easily. And another problem with this is, yeah, okay, um, <clears throat> this part's bad, which with that stop step, 
you don't want you don't you don't want to see that gear down right there. They need to be more smooth, and you need to make a better decision right there. But another problem with this is, once you're beat, you need to play the receiver because when you turn your head back to the quarterback, one, you lose speed. It's 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 science. You lose speed, and two, you're losing the receiver. You don't know where he is when you're looking back to the quarterback. So how are you going to play him? So right here, you need to glue his eyes on the on the receiver, and then and then play through the receiver. So maybe he gets another yard or two and he's able to, okay, well, now I'm, now I'm running towards you. I see your hands going up. Guess where my hand's going? Right between, right between your hands. If you catch the ball, I'm pulling my arm back to me and I'm ripping the, that ball out. So he makes two mistakes on this play. You just can't do it. You can't, you can't see that, that, that gear down, looking back to the ball when you're not, you're not even close. Look, 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 look how far he is. He's a, yard, he's a yard off when he's doing this. And because of that, he's, he's losing another, you know, what, two yards, two and a half yards. So – Bad play from Claiborne. That's just that's that's unacceptable as well. Uh, and then another corner. Let's just let's just keep going back to the secondary because we just got beat deep down the field. They were they were holding the Giants, holding the Giants, holding the Giants, and boom, forty yard passes all down the field all the time. And I I don't know what this is. I I think I said cover. It looks like a cover four look. <clears throat> um, there's no number other threat out here. So this uh, guy in the curl the flat is just he's just going to match the the, the, the um, number eight here. Um, number 35, I think that's, yeah, Sinkfield. So I think he's going to curl the flat because there's no other threat. He's just matching that route right there. And then Brooks, because it's breaking down vertically, he's just going to match that. So he, so Burris is responsible for 84, which initially I think he opens up his hips too wide here because if he, if he was to drive inside right here, there, he's in no position right now to, to cover that, especially if, if uh, Brooks is, is covering this because if this defender in cover four, or this often offensive player, was to drive on a shorter route, curl, um, slant, out, whatever it may be. Then Brooks has the then then Brooks brackets this guy, but because he's breaking vertically, Brooks is going to match that. So um, Burris is opening his hips up way too soon right there to, to run deep. Um, but he gets that nice head head whip. You see it pretty smooth right there. He gets head around really really quickly. So I like that. And then another thing he's doing is he's playing that upfield hip. You want to play that upfield hip because if he's playing that 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 backside hip right there, the closer hip to the quarterback, good quarterback is going to um, that that backside hip. If, if the quarterback is going to throw um, him open over top, I think Teddy Bridgewater just got traded. Somebody just texted me, "What did they get for Teddy Bridgewater?" Um, whatever, I'll figure that out later. I'm doing a show about the Giants team right now. Talk about that later with Marcus. So I like how he tracks that upfield hip, and he and he plays it well. I'd like to see him get a hand on there, maybe. You want to get a hand, this outside hand on and play it with the inside hand so you, you, you have contact with the, with the wide receiver. And he, and he misjudges the ball. You got to – it was a decent play from the snap, get, matching the route, even though he opened, he opened up his hips too soon. Gets in good position, plays the upfield shoulder, and then as the ball is coming, plays that, that, uh, that closer shoulder to the – I mean, the closer hip to the quarterback, which is good. Um, but he misjudges the ball. And – catch down the field for however many yards uh, you just again you can't you can't see it so um, not great right there moving on to the good of the offense and the defense I gotta see what the hell the Jets just traded for uh, Teddy Bridgewater maybe I'm gonna see really really quickly let's go on Twitter live on the show is it a big deal nah who cares um, Let's see, trade of Teddy Bridgewater to the Saints is expected to involve draft picks. And now with Bridgewater heading to the Saints, Sam Darnold now looks like the Jets' opening night starter. Uh, 
Okay, whatever. Uh, okay, so moving on. We'll figure that out later. Talk about it with, with uh, Coleman. I was excited to see. Hopefully the Jets got a third. We'll see if they got lucky enough to get a third. Um, but I think in a fourth, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Donald's obviously going to be the starter. And uh, get what you can for, for Bridgewater while he's healthy. And he, he showed enough in preseason to get a, a pick trader for him, obviously. So moving on to the good of the game. I think Bridgewater, I'm not going to bring up any plays of him now because he's not on the team. 11 for 15, 104 yards. I think he's going to get traded to the Saints. I have a feeling. Uh, Powell and Cruel played both uh, pretty well. You see this play from Cruel. Uh, I call him Crowell. Crowell. Um, on the outside right here, he gets, he gets flexed out to the outside um, as an outside receiver, as a number one threat. Uh, this inside receiver or tight end runs a seam route, which leaves Crewell on the hitch versus a cover one look uh, as a one versus one opportunity against this linebacker. You can tell it's man two when a linebacker follows out a running back like this, so he gets the ball in the short hitch. Uh, you see some of the agility in the open field. You see his hit. hit. You see the, the, the uh, linebacker start to break down. Uh, Carell drops his hips right there, which is good. You need to see that hip drop to, to generate power from your legs to cut inside, which he does. Um, throws at that nice stiff arm, nice extension, nice placement on that on that uh, that shoulder that's going to track him upfield. Uh, stiff arms, and then is able to generate another one, five, what nine yards, eight yards right there. So nice play from Carell. Uh Powell played pretty well too. So you know their stat lines didn't really show that they played well. Next guy. Andre Roberts, I think Andre Roberts had the nicest route of this game. And, you know, people who watch the show, you know, uh, tight ends, not tight ends, uh, receivers and corners are my favorite things to break down. And um, did I, I don't know if I did the right play on this. Let's see. Uh, oh, duh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so he brought the wrong play. Let's say I don't think he was on in on the second play of the game. So the 30th play that I recorded um, – was, and obviously, if you want to go check out the whole thing, I'm, I don't break down everything. But uh, if you want to, you can go to uh, either my Twitter at JoeRB31 or, or, or TurnOnTheJets.com and just find the full breakdown there. But obviously, when I'm on the show, I can break down a little bit you know, easier because I don't have you know, 240 characters limiting me. So the Jets bring him in motion versus man coverage. He runs underneath this whip route. Um, from Ardarius Stewart, which forces this defender to come over top to play it. He, he doesn't want to cut underneath because then, uh, then Roberts has, has any type of deep um, stem that he wants to take. So I like this. I really like this play from, from Roberts right here because he knows that this defender's hips are open outside and he's working outside. So if, if Roberts was to just stay vertical right here and then cut outside, the defender's in, in fine position for that. But what he does because he knows the defender's hips are open out, up outside and he's, and he's able to play the outside route is – he cuts upfield, which in turn makes this defender gear down and then flip his hips back inside, which he's, he's, off, he's out of position because right here to play inside, he, he doesn't have good leverage. He, he's pretty much beat right there as, as soon as he's um, coming to the outside right there over top. Andre Roberts cuts upfield. The defender is off balance right there. He's not able to flip his hips. He doesn't have the quick, quick enough feet to do it. Roberts throws this little that arm over right there. He reaches through pulls himself through, um, you know, pushes down that defender's uh, left shoulder and then clears out on the out route. Look how, look how much room he created for himself right there to that route. Great route, great understanding of leverage, how to attack it. Like I said, if he goes up here, if he goes upfield, cuts out, the defender can play the ball. Because of that um, outside release, inside, outside, arm over, 
pretty uh, pretty route from from Roberts right there. So he I, he's going to make some plays this year. I think he's a he's, he's a better route runner than some people think. The problem with his route game is his pre, is his release off of press. It struggles at times. He's not strong enough, um, and his release isn't too pretty. But uh, in terms of just the actual route, like going like getting into the route stem and the breaks, I think he has pretty quick feet. He drops his his weight. He he's uh, pretty quick out of out of his cuts and his bursts. So. I, I like Roberts, and he's going to make this team. He's pretty much a shoe-in right now to make the team because he's the best returner that the Jets have. So, um, yeah, that guy's on the Saints. So, moving on to the uh, next guy, Terrell Pryor. We saw that touchdown from him before, but it was nice to just see him on the field. Two receptions, 16 yards, uh, and a touchdown. Got to throw a shout-out, even though it's – I put all offense, whatever. You know, he's kind of more of defense. Uh, Black Edwards, seven punts for 385 yards. There's 55 – per yard per punt return. That's, that's, that's impressive. Um, that's the only thing that was impressive for special teams. It's the only thing that has been impressive for special teams in the last couple of years. Moving on to the good from the defense. I'm going to wrap up and then I'm going to be back in a couple hours recording another show with, uh, with Marcus Coleman. So good from the defense. I thought, I thought Jamal Adams, seven tackles. He played um, pretty well. Uh, he was making plays in the run game. He was uh, taking on multiple blockers, opening up other, Jets defensive players to to make tackles. He was aggressive, um, so I like what Adams did. Uh, he needs to clean up his game a little bit at times, but I still overall I like what he did. Um, Fadukasi and Shepard were a little bit more quiet this game than they than they have been in uh, the first two preseason games. But this play is is pretty nice from from um, both of them. So Shepard, you see him right there. He is the call him a four eye. It looks like a four eye to me. Maybe a three. I'll, I'll say four eye though. He's just shoving this defender, uh, this off offensive player to the ground. The, the offensive player is just trying to cut him off, which he does. Uh, but Shepard, nice little showing of strength right there to toss him to his knees. It's really not about Shepard. What I like is is Fado Kassi right here, who looks like a yeah, he looks like a one tech. He has he has a uh, he's in that backside a gap from from this play, which just looks like a like a lead zone from the um, from the Giants. But what I like about Fado Kassi right there is one, he's coming off the ball pretty low. And he, he, he recognizes the, the entire offensive line is blocking to their left, which most likely is a zone play, um, like 99 times out of 100. So he knows that he has leverage inside from this right guard. And what he does is he dips his shoulder right there. You see how he dips his shoulder, which in turn gives the, the offensive player, the offensive guard, uh, the right guard, less area to block. Where if he's to say up vertically right here, you know, maybe this, this right guard can get his hand inside and then push him out of the play. But because – Fadokasi ducks his shoulder right there and only gives him his back to cover. He's able to, to penetrate um, into this backside A gap, and then he scrapes down the line of scrimmage and, and gets in on the tackle. So nice play from Fadokasi right there. And then also Copeland made a nice play on the top of the screen right here. Um, it's versus tight end, so you, you need to see that versus tight ends. But uh, just a nice little shed from him there to get in on the tackle as well. Um, so nice play from you know three of those guys on that run stuff. The Jets were pretty much stuffing the, the Giants run the entire game, so that was that was pretty good. Um, moving on. Actually, I'll show, I guess I will show. I, I do. Let me see. Oh, I do have a play from Adams. This is a play from Quincy Nunwa I didn't bring up. I should have. I should have brought this up. I just noticed this now. But this is just a crack block um, on the on the touchdown from or, or, or crack toss on the touchdown to Powell, which McBride is in a is in a crack. This uh, this outside linebacker defense slash defensive end in the, in this four three look, which is Olivier Vernon. So he. He actually misses him, but Powell's able to, to outrun him. And 
football, I guess you could say he does an okay job. He, all he has to do is really get in the way of number 20 right here, which he does, which is, you know, okay, we'll give him a plus for that play. But look at Quincy Inunua right there. Where, where he's just in an alley block. He's going to block the first guy who's trying to get into, into Blau Powell's alley to get to the touchdown or to get to, get to the touchdown, to get to the end zone, locks him up right there, gets his hips, you know, out, outside, which is good. If his hips are inside, the, the defender has an easier track to get outside if he gets his hips square to him and outside. So that's a really good block from Quincy Nunwa to lead to a touchdown. And listen, the offensive line's in a struggle this, this year, but Quincy Nunwa, especially on outside zone toss type plays, he's going to be able to block pretty much any safety or, or cornerback in the entire league. So uh, definitely like to see that from him. And Adams talked about one of his plays where he's kind of like prolonging up a run play, which he's taking on a receiver here. So he's kind of expected, but he's just standing up on the, on the strong side right here on the edge. And, he sees that the, that the delayed handoff is coming, kind of like a delayed tight zone or, or draw play. And he sees that the, you know, Sterling, not Sterling, Shepard is going to come in and block him right here. So he stops his momentum, puts his hands on his back, and just throws him inside to get in on the tackle. So nice, nice athleticism, nice understanding of where the blocker's uh, coming, where he's trying to attack. So he kind of just stops, like I said, and just you know, kind of like Olay's him right there. So nice, nice Olay from Adams to get on the tackle uh, for sure. Moving on to the last positive – well, actually, one more. Uh, Josh Martin was a guy who played pretty well this game. I didn't put up any plays of him. And then Robinson, who I think in terms of talent, in terms of pure talent – I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying pure talent, which is different than actually, like, overall corner. I think Rashad Robinson is the third most talented – talented, I'll say it again um, – corner on the on this team. Like I said, in terms of flip who it – flip – uh, fluidity, hip fluidity. There we go. Um, in terms of stop start quickness, in, in terms of his feet, in terms of his length, in terms of his top end speed, I think he's the third most talented guy. Now he's suspended for what four games, so maybe he has a long shot to make the roster. But he's been playing pretty well this preseason. Um, here, I don't like that. We've talked about that. Don't you're not on balance right there. You're sitting in a chair. How are you going to explode anywhere when you're sitting in a chair like that? You're not going to be able to. So he needs to work on that. The discipline at the snap right there. I also don't like the – I never like free releases. I hate free releases, but he does get a shuffle in there. One, two shuffles, which is good. So you're challenging the routes them at least a little bit, but he opens up his hips. So if he was to get those shuffles in, if the, if the, if the receiver breaks to the outside, he gets two lateral shuffles in, gets his hands on, then the receiver and the, and the quarterback's timing is off, and you're, and you're challenging that routes them. But because he shuffles when he's um, opening up his hips already, it's not really – does not really do anything. But you see some of that stop-start quickness as, as the defender gives a little head fake inside and keeps running. Um, so you see that stop-start quickness. It, it shows right there how fast he is. Now, I like how he's working towards the sideline, and he starts to see how his angle, instead of just being straight up, is a, more pointed towards the sideline, which is squeezing. He's squeezing the wide receiver right there. He's not doing it too effectively because he's not hip-to-hip, but he's trying to squeeze the receiver. But what I, what I would like to see here is he, he has a receiver squeeze, so he's able to play the ball in the air. Now you're the receiver. Don't don't make the catch, let the ball come into your body. Stop right here and and play the ball in the air. So the, so the receiver becomes the cornerback. Literally, if I showed this play, you'd think it's a receiver versus a corner, you know, number 28 versus 83 or something right here. Um, but he needs, to, he needs to attack this ball in the air. You're the receiver. You need to play like receiver. Um, but – like I said, the stop-start quickness, the squeeze, the sideline's good, the, the hips, and the, the shuffle's good, but it's just it's off because of the hips open. But 
like I said, uh, I think he's been impressive. In my 53-man roster, he most likely is going to be on the team because it's just that pure talent. But the one thing you lose with him is the running game. I've talked about that before where, well, one, he gets in uh, trouble because of marijuana. He gets in trouble because of other things off the field. People question his dedication. But um, also in the running game, he's like 176 pounds soaking wet, and he's not great in the running game. And here on this run – no matter what, he needs to contain the outside. So even if he's going to take an angle, like, a, like a, he's going to loop outside to make this this offensive player cut back inside because he has help the inside. The inside's fine. Um, I don't know why the, the bounce becomes big when I do that. That's weird. Um, so he needs he needs to take a, a more of a conservative angle right here, and he needs or he needs to attack it. Listen, if he's running to the outside right here, attack this defender's outside shoulder and try to blow up this running play. But if you're not going to, at least take a conservative angle right here to make this defender either one, even if he doesn't cut back inside, you're going to get a hand on him, or you're at least going to make him run into the back of number 84 right here. But he takes a tank, uh, an angle way too far inside. He's allowing number 27 to cut outside of him and get a big gain. Where, look, if you look at it right here, if he was to come here and, and engage in number 84, he has to cut inside. Look who's, look who's right there, and it's another, it's another defender, number – uh, 36. That's Middleton. So he make a cut right into Middleton, and instead of a uh, what uh, one eleven sixteen almost a twenty one yard gain instead of a twenty one yard gain maybe it's maybe it's three four five yards. So bad play from Robinson right there. But that's going to be it for um, this show. Like I said, if you do like the show, we've been getting some good responses. Go on to. Um, the podcast app and just give it at least, at least just, just throw a five star rating on there. You just go click five stars and that's it. That's all you have to do. Um, if, but, and if you're listening on the, the podcast app and you go on YouTube, just hit subscribe. Even if you don't go to YouTube, you don't watch on YouTube, just hit subscribe and it helps us. It helps our numbers. And we appreciate that. It helps us out um, in a lot of different ways because when you get reviews and get ratings, you go to the, you get, you go higher in the charts When you go higher in the charts. More people listen, more people listen advertisements when advertisements come we improve um quality we improve backdrops we maybe i do two shows a week maybe i do three shows a week you know so just going and and throwing out a rating a five star and a review helps so much more than you people can realize so if you're thinking yeah you know what? i really like him but i just don't have the time or i don't want to do it it's those people who are like yeah yeah you know another guy will do it um you know just just take two minutes literally just two minutes i really appreciate it more than you than people know I, I appreciate the good response from people. TOJ space or T, TOJ space film space room on iTunes. Turn on the Jets on uh, YouTube search bar, then then subscribe there. Highly recommend listening. Um, in a couple of hours, I'm going to release another show with Marcus Coleman. We're we'll giving our 53 man roster prediction. It's going to be Marcus Coleman's first official show as TOJ's new or TOJ film rooms new uh, newest co-host. He's going to be here for the long run. We're really really excited to have him. Um, so stay tuned. A couple more hours. We'll be back with another edition of TOJ Film Room. Thank you, everybody, for supporting, and thank you, everybody, for listening.